Welcome to the Unicorn Club Season 2 Audio Journal Podcast. Today is September 8th, 2020. And if you're new to the Unicorn Club, welcome, God bless you, and I love you. Season 1 was more about my midlife crisis and the things that I learned going through that crisis. But most importantly, there were there were three key things that I learned which caused the midlife crisis to end. So if you happen to be going through a midlife crisis and you need, um, you know, little tips or maybe you have some questions that need to be answered, I welcome you to scroll to the very first podcast and listen in. So season two is more about the things that I learn, more on a day-to-day basis. And whatever it is that I learn, I like to come and share it with my tribe in whom I also call my cousins. And so the reason why I call you guys my tribe and my cousins is because, number one, I don't like the word followers. I don't think that anyone who finds this podcast is a follower. I believe that Everything happens for a reason, and there's nothing that happens by coincidence. We all are parallel on um, the wavelength of universal law. Everything is interconnected. Everything and everyone is interconnected. And so because I don't network my podcast, I truly believe that if you've tuned in to my audio journal, It was definitely meant to be, and there's something in what I'm saying that is for you. And so you guys are not followers, you are leaders. You are agents of change. And I believe that you have come across me to be encouraged, inspired, and uplifted into being the leader that you were born to be. But in order for you to be that general, you have to work with yourself first. You have to get to know yourself. You have to get to know um, why you were born, what your purpose in life is, and you have to grow through what you go through, which is what I'm here for. So let us get into it for you cousins that have been with me since the beginning of time, or maybe you just tuned in starting with season two. God bless you cousins, and I love you. (laughs) So um, I was talking to my therapist, and let me just insert something here. You know, as a black community, we do not seek out therapists. It's just something that's not talked about. We don't do it. And if you hear the word therapist, you think insane asylum, you need psychiatric help. And that's not true all the time. Um, Sometimes you just need someone who's on the outside to look in and to kind of bring to your attention where you've gone wrong and help you to make the decision on what you can do better. And so my purpose of having my therapist initially, it was because of 
the anxieties that I was experiencing during my midlife crisis. And I knew that my friends and my family members could not help me with what it was that I was going through and experiencing. And so I needed someone who had went to school for this thing and specialized in this thing to help bring certain things to my awareness and to kind of, you know, put me on the right track. And so I just happened to like my therapist and I kept my therapist even after my midlife crisis had ended. And so I do want to encourage you to not be ashamed to get yourself a therapist. If you know that you need one, get one. If you know that you need a life coach, get one. If you know that <clears throat> you need a psychotherapist, get one. Now, I particularly like the psychotherapist because the psychotherapist is going to peel back like an onion. It's just going to peel away those things that made you the person that you are today and why you do the things that you do today, whether you're conscious of it or it's unbeknownst to you. And a lot of the times you just need to be healed from traumatic experiences. So I kept my therapist, needless to say. And again, if you need one, don't be ashamed to get one. Go ahead and get you one. If you're, if you're suffering from manic depression, bipolar, schizophrenia, um, anything along those lines, um, do get a psychiatrist and do not be ashamed of taking any medication um, for it. And the reason I say that is because we are human beings and we need to interact with other human beings to maintain some sort of normalcy in our lives. We can't be isolated all the time that can make a person's mind you know go crazy and and you know you have all sorts of flashbacks and paranoia and just all sorts of things and that can push other people who care about you away that can push complete strangers away from you and you don't want to do that so just for yourself Get the help that you need and get the medication that you need. With all that being said, I was talking to my therapist about um, my college classmate. Now, I graduated college with a BA degree in business management, minored in forensic accounting um, in 2014. And some of the people that I met from college we still speak to today. And there's one in particular that I speak to more often than the rest. And so this particular girl, um, since we graduated college in 2014, up until, I'm gonna say December of 2019, she had no interest, no desire, to get together, to see each other, to do things with each other, to hang out, none of that, not even FaceTime. 
and she was perfectly content with that. Um, I would, you know, offer, make suggestions, extend an olive branch, and she would lie and make excuses and and completely forget about her lies and excuses and, and move on. And so I just kind of left it alone after that, and I changed her position from friend to acquaintance. And so the entire pandemic had happened, and I noticed something that I didn't notice in previous years before, but because of the pandemic, I saw it. And I had to take a step back and say to myself, how is it that I had missed it when it was there the whole time? And I think that's something that a lot of people have learned during this pandemic. It's just that kind of concept, like, how did I miss it when it was there the whole time? But I think it was just, you know, we didn't have time to really look at people and circumstances and situations. We got the children, we got work, we got school, we got life's ups and downs, we have our health, you know, we have our living situation, you know, all sorts of things happening. And so we don't really take the time or make the time to really see a person for who they really are and what they really want. And so during this pandemic, I had learned that because her co-workers were her friends, she had no interest in doing anything with me. And then when the company that she worked for closed down because of the um, shelter in place, she saw that her co-workers were not her friends. And she didn't really have anyone else to talk to. And she was kind of going a bit stir crazy with being in the house and constantly seeing, you know, the people that she lives with and just not really having any other human interaction besides who she lived with. And I can understand you getting a person getting tired of constantly communicating with the people that they're always around. Sometimes you need a break. Sometimes you need to step away. Sometimes you just need something fresh. And for her, it was just everything happening at one time, the loss of a job, um, learning that co-workers are not friends, um, being newly single and you know the fear of contracting the coronavirus and having to deal with you know children and distance learning while not having a computer and so she all of a sudden wanted to get together with me um, and it was really just her way of kind of getting out of the house and having, you know, fresh interaction with someone different. And because I'm a grown-ass woman, I didn't hold it against her, but I didn't like being used either. So I, I said, okay, we could go to the supermarket, you know, something like that, because there wasn't much we could do besides maybe go to a park, go to a supermarket, you know, that, that was it. <laughs> go to someone's house. That was pretty much it. Everything was closed. And 
Then I sat back and I thought about it and I said to myself, if the pandemic would not have happened, she wouldn't be interested in doing these things with me. I remember being in her city and I had called her. Now, I happen to go to her city three times out of the year because there is a particular shopping area and fish market and a supermarket in the city that she lives in that I like. And so I go there three times out of the year. So I went there one time and I called her up and I was like, hey, I'm in your city. You know, it's a nice day outside. They're having a carnival over here. Why don't you come over here? You know, bring the children with you. I let them play at the carnival. We hadn't seen each other, you know, in years since graduating college. Or maybe I could come to where you live at and you could just come outside. Because I knew that she didn't want me inside of her home. And off the top of her head, she, she said, nah, I live on the other side of town. And I said, oh, okay, sis. <laughs> Say no more. No problem. You live on the other side of town? Okay. So you don't want to come outside. You don't want to come to the carnival and bring your children and children to the carnival. You don't want to see me. You just have an excuse. Okay. She calls herself natural because she doesn't wear weaves and wigs and so forth and so on. But she doesn't understand the concept of being natural is not perming your hair and putting, you know, certain products into your hair, which she perms her hair. So anyhow, I said to her, listen, they're having a um, natural hair fest over here in Brooklyn, New York. <clears throat> These are the dates. Pick a date. And, like, let's get together and go there and bring your children because it's, like, in a park. And, <clears throat> excuse me, there's all sorts of things going on, like little games, you know, for children, grab something to eat, whatever. We hadn't seen each other. And she made up an excuse. There was another time where, I mean, I can go on. The list and list can go on. There was another time where there was a particular movie that came out, and this was around Valentine's Day of 2019. And I knew that the shopping area was going to have a whole lot of sales because of Valentine's Day. And I wanted to um, get some of those things that were on sale, basically. I wanted to utilize those sales and also see them, a movie while I was there. So um, she mentioned this same movie and I said, oh, I was going to go see that movie you know, over here in, in the shopping center and go shopping while I'm there and get some of these things, <clears throat> excuse me, that are on sale. Why don't you meet me there? And she made up an excuse. And on top of the excuse, she was like, oh, me and, and the kids and my man, we're going to go see the movie. This is what we're doing. And we're going to another city. We're going to Manhattan. Yeah, that's where we're going to Manhattan. It was kind of like she was making sure I don't come back and say anything to her about this movie. And I was like, okay, sis, cool, say no more. I think that she completely had forgotten about every single lie and excuse that she made to not get together with me. And then I would watch her on social media get together with other people. And I learned that she did the things that she really wanted to do. And it was kind of like... I have something else better to do, so I'm not going to hang out with you. And this is why I demoted her from friend to 
um, acquaintance. You don't want to. That's cool with me. I'm not mad at you. I just know what to do with you and what not to do with you. So back to the pandemic, this whole thing happened. And now all of a sudden she wants to get together and do things. And so I decided that there was because, like I said, because I'm a grown woman, I wasn't going to hold a grudge, but I wasn't going to give her what it was that she had wanted either. Like, not at all. We're acquaintances. We're not doing all of that. So then she decides that she wants to come to my house. Now, this is the same person that don't want me to know where she lives at. And she's been very persistent with finding things, finding reasons to come to my house. And, you know, I consider myself to be a fair person and, and an equal opportunist. And I think that it's only right that she should know where I live, seeing that I can't know where she lives. I think that she shouldn't step foot inside of my home seeing that I cannot step foot in her home. And the reason why I won't bring it up to her is because I know that it's going to start some sort of argument. <clears throat> She's not going to be a woman and acknowledge what she did was wrong and say, okay, let me be the first to extend the olive branch to earn your trust. She's not going to do that. She's going to lie and make excuses. So I didn't bother with bringing it to her attention. I think that some battles are not worth fighting. I learned during this pandemic to pick and choose my battles. So let me say it that way. But I've, I've been having the damnedest time pushing her away from me. The damnedest time pushing her away from me. I've learned within the last two months that she is persistent when she wants something. Other than that, she's going to make a decision that's convenient for her to make in that moment. She's going to do whatever the hell she wants to do at all times and screw somebody else's feelings and how they may feel about it. She's not going to find balance unless she wants something. She's not going to take somebody else into consideration unless she wants something. She reminds me of the, the lesson that I learned in my teens, where it would be a group of us together, male, female, gay, straight, and we would do things with each other. And then someone out of the circle would meet someone else with a car. And then that person would leave the circle and be with that person just because they had a car. And when that person no longer had a car, the stray friend would try to come back into the circle. That's her. In the adult world, she would actually be a social climber. I'm only going to be friends with this person because of their status, because of their accolades. And I know that just being seen with this person is going to give me, you know, a certain look. You know, I'm going to be able to level up. I'm going to be able to do things with this new reputation. She would be a social climber. She would be the brown noser on the job. 
with the supervisor. And so, I had talked to my therapist about her, and I explained to him that she taught me, well, she reminded me that people will do the things that they really want to do. And when a person don't really want to do anything, they won't. And I find it interesting how she's finding all these different ways of trying to get into my home. But she would not be doing those these things if the pandemic would not have ever happened to begin with. Once January 1st of 2020 came in, I decided that I wasn't going to open up my mouth and extend the olive branch to her anymore. I actually slowed down with it when I had my 40th birthday party and I invited her to it and she made up a lie to not come. She lied and said it was her and her man's anniversary and that they were going to get together and do something. But it was never her anniversary. She lied. That's just something that, you know, she did because she didn't want to come to my house. So now all of a sudden you want to come to my house? Well, I don't understand what made her think that Olive Branch still was valid. You know, a couple of years ago, maybe about 10 years ago, I met this woman who was dating my son's uncle. And she happened to come into some lawsuit money, a substantial amount of money. And I said to her, she wanted to leave New York and I wanted to leave New York. And I said, listen, you have the money and I have the stability. Let us leave New York together because after the money is gone, the stability will still be there. I have stability. Let us live together. Let us leave. And she didn't want to do it. She actually, once she got the lawsuit money, she stopped speaking to me. And she left New York. She ghosted me. Left New York and ghosted me. When the money was gone, she came back to New York. And this was years later. She came back to New York. And she thought the opportunity for us to live together was still on the table. And I said, well, I told you that I had stability and you wouldn't have never came back to New York had we had executed the plan that I had from the very beginning. Now you don't have stability while I still have stability. So it's beneficial for you to live with me, but it's not beneficial for me to have you in my home. So, no, you can't stay with me. Should have thought about that when you had the money. And so this girl reminds me of that very concept. Like, I invited her to my home for a special occasion when I turned 40 years old. We are years later. You think that Olive Branch still exists? Get Shut the front door. Just shut the whole front door. It does not. So here's one point that I want to bring to you guys. Because you may do this and 
and not even realize this is what you've done. You may have completely forgotten that this is what you have done to someone because it was years ago. Forgot. You forgot. When someone extends an olive branch to you, whatever that olive branch may be, and you decline it, remember that you've declined it. That offer is not still on the table years later when you need it to be. What's in it for the person? You know what's in it for you because it's beneficial to you. But what's in it for the person for them to still have that olive branch on the table for you several years later? You can't be selfish. You can't be just thinking about yourself and what you want and how you can get it. It does not work that way. Adulthood, maturity, integrity, being noble, being genuine, being authentic. It does not work in the realm of selfishness. It does not work. So I'm telling my therapist that my acquaintance has gone so far as to use her children as an excuse to getting into my home. And at this point, I'm quite sure she realizes that I don't want her in my home. But I'm, I'm also a bit curious as to why she's not asking me why I don't want her in my home. Because if she did ask me, uh, listen, I'm a lover of truth. I'm going to tell that truth. I'm going to say, well, it's because you said to me, nah, I live on the other side of town. It's because when Good Friday came, I said, what we doing? And you said, well, this is what me and my family is doing. AKA, I don't know what you're doing. You're not invited to what me and my family is doing. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on. But I'm going to tell her about things that she had forgotten about. There's a multitude of reasons as to why I don't want her in my home. So, my therapist said something very interesting to me. And he said to me, the only person that would do things like that and along things along those lines is if someone is in competition with you. They see you as their competition. And at first I was like, no, I know that there's certain things that I do that she admires and she copies it, but competition, no, that's not her. I know a competitive person when I see one, that's not her. But then I thought about it and I said to myself, I said, hmm. What if it is true? What if there's something going on in her heart and in her mind that I have been completely unaware of all of this time? So cousins, I decided to test the hypotheses because I don't want to be left in the dark about something. I would like to have the truth
I would like to know the truth so that I can make conscious decisions, decisions on what to do and what not to do. I don't like how it feels to have my choice taken away from me due to not having the full extent of the truth or a half of a story. And I know that if I were to straight ask her, just be direct and ask her, she, she wouldn't answer the question. I don't think anybody would answer those questions. They, what I do think people would do is kind of, I think that they would flip things back around on you know how people do they say oh you're reading into it too much you know you're doing too much none of that is happening meanwhile they're lying and hiding the truth so I decided to test the hypotheses instead and that's exactly what I did and it was quite interesting there was certain information that she didn't have any problems with sharing with me. But then there was other things that she would not share with me. It didn't matter how I worded the question. It didn't matter if I caught her off guard with the question. Once her mind was made up to not divulge certain information, I just wasn't getting it out of her. So I looked at the topics of the things that she just did not want to share with me. And it was narrowed down to looks. Looks. Most people care about how they look. Some people are insecure about how they look. Their body, their weight, their scars their face, their hair, their teeth. Most people are insecure about that. And when it came to beauty and looks, she didn't want to share certain information with me. She didn't want to share a lot of information with me. But she wanted information from me. And I did not give it to her. Like I would be just a little bit helpful, helpful, but not anything that would make a difference. Like I would say, yeah, I'm exercising, you know, and I noticed that I lost four inches. So if you exercise, surely you will lose some inches, which is true. Everybody knows that. But she wasn't getting the real information from me. Like do HIIT workouts, like H-I-I-T. You can find it on um, YouTube and do it completely free. Those work, calisthenics work. Um, walking works. Like put some weights on your ankles and just walk. You don't need to power walk. You don't need to jog. Just walk. And put on a corset, um, preferably one that you can breathe in, <laughs> and use two of them. Like I have one that's rubber, 
and I wrap it I of course put it on and it's not the one that's like a shirt it's just the one that covers the entire belly and then I have another one with velcro on it so if I walk if I ride my bike if I go roller skating if I'm doing some yoga at home or I'm doing the HIIT workouts at home I put those two on at the same time and it works wonders. I also have this book called Eat Right for Your Blood Type and I follow the meal plan that's in it. The food, it, it tells you if you want to gain weight, this is what you eat according to your blood type. If you want to lose weight, this is what you eat according to your blood type. And I want to shrink my waistline, flatten my belly, and maintain that weight. And so I use the book, um, Eat Right for Your Blood Type. And there's one thing that I notice um, by changing my diet. Um, ladies, the, the monthly cycle is less painful. It's lighter and it's shorter days. The second thing I notice is that when I wake up in the morning, I feel lighter. Um, the third thing that I notice is as I go about my day, that I have more energy, more natural energy. It's like um, a boost in my metabolism. And so I do suggest that book. Now, those are things that um, will help you with your body. Another thing that I do is I take that sea moss and I turn it into a gel. And all you have to do is cut a piece of it off soak it overnight and in the morning put it in a pot of water boil it until it turns into a gel but you have to cover the pot um, to keep the air in you know the air turns back into water and it helps the sea moss turn into a gel when you do it that way um, it's thicker if you boil the sea moss without a cover on the pot you'll notice that the sea moss will be thin and so you can use that on your face and you'll notice that your blemishes and your pimples and your dark spots and the dark circles and the crow's feet at the side of the eyes and the, the lines during your um, where your smile is at those will disappear and your skin will look so fresh and rejuvenated you could also use a fresh aloe plant and put that on your skin, um, on your face. If you have scars on your body, like stretch marks in particular, um, you can use that. And you'll notice that after about three to five days, you'll see a huge difference. You have to maintain it and keep up with it until you get the results it is that you're looking for. When it comes to your hair, being um, if you're black, if you have thicker hair, um, use oils in your hair. I particularly use, and my hair is like butter. Um, it's my hair is not the type of hair that you can do anything to, and that bad boy is still, you know, going strong. My hair. <laughs> It is truly like butter, and so I can't use every product that's on the shelf, but I can use oils, and I use olive oil that you cook with, grapeseed oil that you cook with, chemi oil 
You get it from out of the hair store. Vitamin E oil that you put on your skin. I use that for my hair. And there's another product that's called Hair Polisher. And what I do with that in particular is after I wash my hair, I put the hair polisher on and then I blow dry my hair. Sometimes I do hot oil treatments um, on my hair. And again, I just use the oils that I already have. I heat it up in the microwave, I put it on my hair, and then I sit up under my dryer. You can get you an inexpensive dryer that sits on top of the table from Amazon. I think I paid $20 for it, $20, $25, something like that. You literally just sit it on top of the table and plug it in wherever you're going to sit at, whatever the case may be, and it has this plastic cap, and you put it on your head, low, medium, or high, and you have your hot oil treatment. And so, because I use oils in my hair, my hair grows faster, it grows stronger, it's longer, it's fuller, it just looks like beautiful mane. You know how you see a lion and their mane is just beautiful and, fur and full and it's rich. That's how my hair looks. I don't share that information. Not with her. Because I know that she's secretly in competition with me as far as looks go. And I can say, if you were to stand me next to her, even though she's younger than me, I do look better. In my face, I'm prettier. My hair is better. My skin is better. The shape of my body is better. When I talk, I sound better. So I understand why she's secretly in competition about looks. She's trying to get to where I'm already at. You think I'm going to give her the information to help her along the way? No. And the reason for that is because she made competition between us. When we should be helping each other and elevating each other. Another thing she's in competition with me about is men. Men. And you know how I figured that out? We both have Instagram and she tags me on certain things on Instagram. And if you guys are familiar with the shade room on Instagram, you know that the shade room is popping. When you want the latest in news, the shade room is where you go for the tea with celebrity, for, for um, entrepreneurs and something funny, encouragement, whatever it is. You go to the shade room, that's where, it at, that's where it's at, and they have a couple of million followers on the shade room. So, excuse me, certain things on the shade room, she tags me in. But then there was this one particular post that happened in the shade room and she did not tag me in it. And I said, hmm, this would be something to actually tag your friend in since you go around telling people I'm your friend. Since you say to me I'm your friend. Wouldn't this be some information that you would like to share? But that's not what she did. So listen to what it is that the shade room posted and it says I'm gonna read it to you verbatim these black men give women some relationship advice men only 
give us women some relationship advice. And a man says, find a man who is the man you want, not can be. Stop breaking your back trying to change us. We change when it's our time. Half the time y'all break your back and then another woman reaps the benefits. That is not your fault. Just what you should not have to go through. Find is. Then another man says, I hate to say it, ladies. A man has to like you a little bit more than you have to like him in order for the relationship to work. Also, if he wanted to, he would have. If he wants to, he will. Another person writes, On the first date, make sure you ask all the questions you need in order to figure out who you're dating. And the main question y'all need to ask from Jump is, what are your intentions? And tell that man what your intentions are. If you're dating to marry, tell him. Now, this is something that she should have tagged me in, but she did not. And so it struck me as a, hmm. So I decided to test the hypotheses. So I talked about men, you know, and dating and this kind of thing. And I, I talked about things that you already know. Like, women should know to eat pineapples and drink water. You know what that's about. You know that men have um, a facade when they first meet you. And then as soon as they get your, your punani, everything changes. You know, in the beginning, they're calling, they're texting, they're this, they're that, what are you doing? They're trying to see if you have free time and they're trying to be around you and so forth and so on. Then once they get the punani, all of that stops. And so she was agreeing with a lot of the things that I was saying to her. And so it made me question, why the hell wouldn't she tag me in this post on the shade room? We in competition with men? I didn't know. Then I started thinking about all the things that she don't say pertaining men and the things that she do say pertaining men. And the things that she do say pertaining to men is something that it actually just kind of does something to her self-confidence, which lets me know that she has low self-esteem. Like if a man holds the door open for her, she's flattered by that. If a man gives her a compliment and says, you look nice, she's flattered by that. But if a man says to her, come, let me take you out to dinner, she's like fighting against it. She won't go. Well... She fights against, she rebels against it because she's naturally rebellious due to trust issues. But the reason why she does not go is because she does not want to. Let me say that. But the point is, even though certain scenarios are stupid or childish and things you really shouldn't, it should be really rolling off of your back, you ought to pay attention to it because... The people that's in secret competition with you are the very people that will throw you under the bus and have skid marks on your back, your feet, your neck. 
and take an opportunity from you. And they will plan it without you even knowing that they have planned it. You're not supposed to know about it. That's, that's going to, you know, <laughs> expose them. And they don't want that. They want to take your opportunity from you. So pay enough attention to know that there's some people that really don't want to blow their cover, but they really are in secret competition with you. Make decisions accordingly and keep certain things to yourself. Know who to share information with and who not to share information with. That is the whole point of this podcast. Keep your, they say, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Keep both of the motherfuckers at a distance. Because friends are not friends the way that they used to be. You know, friends years ago, that was your ride or die partner. They had your back. They wouldn't betray you. They wouldn't stab you in, they, in your back. They would hold you down. Today, shit. Shalom.